This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Bob Comsick. Good afternoon, and this new year is, what, just into its sixth day, but already plenty to talk about, plenty of headlines. Christine Ross uh, touching on some of them, and here are some others in no particular order. I might touch on some that Chris did. A funeral for a fifth police officer in just four months, of course, the other day up in in Barrie for OPP Constable Greg Pershala who was killed in the line of duty. Higher proposed police and TTC budgets, including a fare hike, the first in about three years. Air travelers from China have to show negative tests for COVID before being allowed into the country. Uh, High-priced poultry, you heard Christine mention that. Uh, Does that ruffle your financial feathers? OPP contemplating looking into the province's plan to allow development in parts of the Greenbelt. And a couple of headlines from south of the border that you or maybe one of our neighbors from across the lake would care to comment on. And it, uh, I dare say it's been a while since our, our listeners over in western New York have decided to call us. And our toll-free number, if you've forgotten, 1-866-744-740, closer to home, 416-360-0740. And those headlines south of the border, and I'm sure those in Buffalo in particular have already heard the news, but maybe you haven't. Bills player Damar Hamlin, now able to breathe on his own and able to talk four days after going into cardiac arrest and being resuscitated on the field Monday night. He even joined the team virtually this morning. And the U.S. House Speaker still undecided after 11 cracks at it. And this is January 6th, 2023, second anniversary of the attack on the U.S. Capitol. We already have a few people ready to weigh in. Let's go to Stephen in Toronto. Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year. I'm first-time caller. All right, I I guess we've got to do this. That was a a bell, maybe a little too close to the microphone, so my apologies if that uh, was a little loud for some. Anyway, go ahead, Stephen. I just really wanted to comment on how I've been forced to purchase a smartphone I'm, I'm almost a senior, and I'm ill-prepared to deal with it. And I just wonder if there's other seniors in my position where you're basically forced into buying one and using one and being ill-prepared to, to navigate the whole system. Yeah, it can be a little daunting. You're right. I'm, uh, I 
pretty much uh, with the cell phone with me in terms of capabilities. Let's just say I scratched the surface and uh, uh, not uh, for any technical issues. I'm the one seeking out answers as well. I'm not exactly providing them, but uh, I hear where you're coming from. And I'm sure there are plenty of others that uh, that you know, know very little or are afraid uh, of using it. Do you, do you have one or no, you just are fearful that you're going to have to get one? No, I'm, I'm speaking on one right now. I was kind of forced into getting one for different circumstances. Uh, I've been on the radio many times before, not on this station. Uh, so I'm comfortable talking on the radio, but I'm not comfortable on trying to find out things, dealing with doctors, dealing with, uh, different things and uh i i'm just and uh i've already had two credit cards eaten up by this phone already because i didn't know what i was doing wow yeah it uh you got to really be careful you got to really be careful you're right like i'm still the type that'll pick up a phone and make a call and make a reservation and do something versus booking stuff online and and whatnot so i hear where you're coming from Okay, maybe there's some others out there, such as yourself, Steve, that uh, uh, might be able to offer some comfort to you, or you'd care to share a story that uh, similar to Steve. So, appreciate it, Steve in Toronto. Let's go to Lorraine in Thornhill. Happy New Year. Hi. Hi, Bob. Um, I have a Friday complaint about the LCBO. Okay, go ahead. And the incident was on December 4th, I bought uh, a few bottles of wine and a bottle of rosé as gifts and um, decided to return the bottle of rosé. So on January 5th, yesterday, I tried to return the bottle of rosé and the LCBO wouldn't take it. Why? On the bill, it says there's a date where you must return it by a certain date. I was never aware of this. I've always thought the LCBO would return it at any time. So I admit I didn't see it on the bill. So I mentioned to them, and um, I was insistent. Of I said, I just want to make an exchange. So they would make the exchange. The rosé was more than the wine. I was able to make an exchange, but I didn't get a credit for the difference of the bottle. Oh, you had to eat it. That's right. Now, it's only a, a couple of dollars, but yeah. as I'm thinking about it, the $2 gets to be like, you know, 200 The other kicker is when I had to do the final exchange, they insisted I show them my, um, my driver's license. And I said, why would you need my driver's license? All the information is on the receipt, mm-hmm. including the barcode. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, that's their rule. She was very nice. So I figured, well... I've just got to get this done with the health. So I went through, and uh, I spoke to the manager about it. He read me a paragraph from the LCBO rules mm-hmm. about why I had to show my, my uh, driver's license, and I really objected to it. And he said, well, that's the rules against fraud. He was very nice, but I resigned myself, okay. But then I asked him, now, what if I'd taken this bottle, brought it back, and said it was a gift I want to exchange it for another bottle and buy something else. He said, there'd be no problem. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, You wouldn't obviously happen to have that bill and uh, what it said on that bill. I'd be curious to know. You do have it? Would you mind sharing that with us? Sure. It says, um, 
last valid date for return of product is uh, 3 January 2023. There you go. I brought it on January 5th. There shouldn't be uh, such a short expiry date. And also, I wanted to mention to them, what about, you know, the New Year's and the Christmas days that they were closed? Yeah, there you go. You know, that's interesting because I'm sure a lot of people, they either don't take their bill or they just stuff it in the uh, in the bag mm-hmm. and discard it and don't look. And uh, But I- I've returned, uh, not that often, but I've returned bottles, and I don't think there was a, there was a short period between the time the, of purchase and when the product was returned, and it was never an issue unless this is something relatively new, or maybe I lucked out and I was able to do it in the in the right time period, and well, it was never an issue. I, I don't know. Exactly. I said to him, well, why don't you have a sign in the store? I said, this has to be something new, because I haven't seen it before. So he said, well, it's on the bill. I said, well, well then it should be posted up in the store. Yeah, interesting, interesting. <laughs> Maybe somebody else has uh, had a similar experience as you, Lorraine. Appreciate that. Thank you. Let's go to uh, Evie. In Toronto, on uh, on a, a more serious matter here. Hi, uh, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Um, yeah, I I really feel that uh, strongly that capital punishment should be brought back. So so strongly about that. Uh, these uh, pe- these monsters that killed, uh, murdered this police officer do not have a right to breathe or live or anything. And um, I, I feel so strongly, I don't know why this particular, well, I guess I do know why it bothered me so much, but... You're talking need, about the most recent one now with the yeah, OPP yeah, constable? 28-year-old... Right, uh, right. Greg Pershala. Greg Pershala. Uh, I, I just wish our, our... And he was the the murderer... Uh, the man was out. Well, on, we have um, to say, I, I know what you're saying, where you're coming from. But as far as things go, he is only he and a woman are accused. And that's as far as we can go with that. But just okay, well, I, yeah. well, I can go. I yep, can go. OK. With it. OK. They no names. murdered yep. him and they he was on um, a, on a house, house rest on his word. Something like that. Well, I think um, he was prohibited from owning any weapons, too. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that there really was worked. that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. That really worked. So, oh, God, please, let's let's bring back capital punishment. It, I, I mentioned it, it, it as far as the headlines. I'll go a little bit into this, Evie, and I'm sure you'd be one to agree with this. But some of the largest police associations, so that's Toronto Police Association, Canadian Police Association, Police Association of Ontario and the OPP Association, uh-huh. they're, they're banding together to try to identify root causes behind the killings of these officers <laughs> saying that they're, they're, they want to look at the issues and will then call for change to make sure the wave of violence doesn't continue. And they say that they're going to review judicial public policy frameworks, including bail and sentencing practices. It, uh, I think I have, a, I have a, a pretty good idea where you weigh in as far as sentencing goes. You touched yeah. on it right off the top there. Yeah, I think it's just going to come into nothing. Um I don't know what will change it, but uh, uh, maybe something 
will happen to him before this, but it's, it's our laws are, they're so lax. Okay. Let's, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, my brother-in-law was telling me in Cuba, that's it. I'm sorry. There is in Cuba, the law, mm-hmm. maybe not totally right. The eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth kind of thing. And, you know, maybe that's what we should go back to. Anyway, anyway that's, that's my not thoughts. The, and yeah. I wish the family, um, I, I wish the family just healing and I, I feel so bad for them. And I'm sure yeah, you yeah, watched, I, did you watch or see any, anything, any highlights? Uh, how do you say from a funeral to highlights, but in terms of, as far as the news coverage, did you see any of the statements or partial statements that were made by some of those who eulogized the officer in particular, the family and uh, one of the youngest uh, sibling, the daughter, and one of the brothers spoke, and uh, I don't know if you caught some, all of it. If you did not, uh, they spoke so eloquently, and the strength they demonstrated soon after something like that happening to one of their family members, I think just underlined the strength, first of all, of that family, and just how well They were brought up by their father and mother, and I hate to do it under circumstances like this, but just to commend them for, based on a few minutes of just listening to a couple of their children speak, commend them on the individuals that they've raised, and uh, uh, I applaud them. It's uh, and I'm sorry again under these circumstances. It's because they had to lose someone that we found out about this family. But I'm sure their family and their friends and police officers that worked with the constable know what type of family this is now. Unfortunately, again, uh, based on his death, we learn just uh, how special these people are and how special Greg was. And as you say. Um, how can you not have uh, have some feelings there for them? Okay, Evie, thanks. Let's go to uh, Harry and Lindsay. Happy New Year. Harry, you want to uh, uh, go a little further or also weigh in on this, do you? Yes, sir. Yeah, thanks, Bob. I, I think, I don't know, publicly, uh, we've probably never done this before. I just It's too bad we can't name the bail judge that let this fellow out. And also, if he had a lawyer, broadcast his name. Mm-hmm. These people are kind of indirectly accessory to murder, and uh, it should be brought forward that there's a lot of people that are really upset about this, and these people maybe aren't doing their job. You know, and I mentioned how these various uh, police associations that represent about 60,000 uh, sworn members, meaning officers, as well as civilian police personnel, uh, that what they'll be doing, getting together, reviewing uh, various aspects of the judicial system, including bail and sentencing practices. It sounds like you are of the same mind as Evie in Toronto, and I'm sure others who haven't called in, but if they wish to, they can. But you're obviously of that opinion. You're you're not impressed with uh, what many have uh, no, well, called the, a revolving the, door of justice. Yes, yeah, so so if, if, if the fellow had to get bail and he had an outstanding warrant for his arrest since September, why wasn't he incarcerated right there? Mm -hmm. 
I know you're asking rhetorically because we can't answer that. He obviously no, wasn't. I know we so, can't yeah, answer, yeah, but yeah. I, no, no, I know. You're just putting I mean, it out there. He had to go somewhere to get a bail hearing wherever it was held. It probably was in a government building somewhere. And if his resident, uh, his, his, say his lawyer, you know, knew that he had a warrant out, they should have just processed him and kept him in jail. Okay. All right. Harry, appreciate it. Thank you. Let's go to Teresa and Woodbridge, who's been waiting patiently. Happy New Year, Teresa. And a happy new year to you, too. I'll try to be as calm as possible, and I'll try to put everything in condensed form. Uh, we started a fight with the Vaughn um, and a builder about four years ago. Went to council. It was rejected. There was an uproar. It's an apartment building, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to put it on a main, main street. It's not a corner lot, but... They want to also have an entrance from a residential, an old, old, old part of Woodbridge, a residential area. No exit. It's only a one-way street in and a one-way, and only one way out. They want to put an entrance there. Anyway, going back. So we've been fighting this for approximately four years. He went to committee of adjustment, of course, committee, turned it down. Then he, the planning department turned it down, blah, 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 blah. This is going on for about up to last summer. So last summer was also uh, the uh, council in, in the hall. They all met, and we had council turned it down. Planning department was, was not with it, and so they said, you know what? The builder was going to go to the OLT. Now, the OLT is replacement for the Ontario Municipal Board. So this is a new body that's been, that's been uh, created. So right away, the builder decided to go to the OLT because of the fact that he was not getting what he wanted. In the meantime, we were um, supported by the council to say that they were going to hire lawyers to represent the residents and all of the area. You're looking about maybe five, six hundred people all in this area. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but somebody should take a, a, a ride and see what we are talking about. Anyway, so what happened was that um, uh, there was a, a date set that OLT, this goes back to, I think, either August or September of last year, saying that oh, he made application. There was going to be a hearing date in January uh, the uh, 20, 19th or the 20th. It's going to be for a one-week period where, you know, the participants and the builder and the lawyers, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, comes December 22nd of 2022, we are all notified that OLT and council came to a settlement. Nobody knew anything about the settlement. Nobody knew about it. What happened is that the, the Ford government passed that bill. I think it was on December. Don't quote me on the exact dates because I'm, I'm really upset about it. Um, I, I don't know which date it was, but it was brought forth in the morning it had the first reading by lunchtime by third by the third uh in the afternoon it was a law it it was an actual law so everybody applied to the olt to get what they want and it was settled in that particular date that ours was heard there was two other properties two big controversial issues that were going on in different different parts of Woodbridge. But basically, it was the same thing. Uh, uh, putting condos in a, a very small place where they couldn't have it on and on and on. My question is, we have no uh, backbone as far as council because the, everybody blames each other. The federal, municipal, 
and the uh, conservative government, everybody blames it each other, and we, the residents, are the ones that are paying the heavy, heavy duty price. This is what's happening. They come up with these fantastic ideas. It's just like when the U.S. dropped this bomb on on, on Japan. They did not. If we won the war. We won the war. Sure, fine. You did win the war. Sixty years later, seventy years later, you're still having issues because of what they did. And this is what's happened. Nobody can think outside the box, and nobody's got the guts and the balls to stand up to Ford and say, what you're doing is wrong. This bill is not for everybody. You've got to have a little bit of leeway. Use your common sense. Teresa. And, you know, his motto was. Teresa, uh, yeah. And, and this is, you're talking about the uh, controversial uh, bill with the the housing aspect about uh, and where some of the land from the green belts being taken, I believe that's the the bill the law that you're talking about i think your situation uh is covered by that is it not if i if i understand you correctly yeah and, and it is they're okay. trying to put right. things they're trying to put housing affordable housing or uh whatever condos anywhere now if you're familiar with the intersection of highway 7 we're, and kipling avenue there's okay a make it quick track. and then we're going to have to just uh move on i i don't like to to kind of hurry you along but go ahead make your point and here i and understand then. okay yep. it's just in a way i just hope the politicians do listen to your your radio station and they can see how unhappy people are with our politicians of today. They do not make the decision for the people. They're not working for the people. Bottom line is, everybody is looking for themselves. And every politician, any kind of level of government, they only look after themselves. And I'm sorry to say that, but that's the truth. Bob, I thank you very much for just letting me vent a little bit and have a great day. It's your soapbox. It's Friday. Yours and everyone else's. You're you're welcome, Teresa. And uh, here's hoping things get uh, resolve to your liking and your your colleagues' liking. Bob Comsick sitting in for Libby's Nimer. You are listening to Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, Free For All Friday, and it looks like uh, a couple of individuals, Tony in Toronto and Vic in Rexdale, want to talk about uh, what John Tory proposed this week pertaining to the police and transit budgets. More on that and other things to talk about here on Free For All Friday after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Bob Comsick. Welcome back, either 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We'll get you through, as it has Tony in Toronto, who wants to talk about the proposed TTC fare hike and the transit budget. Go ahead, and Happy New Year, Tony. Okay, Happy New Year. Uh, I want to talk about... Not just the increase, but the fact that there is no fair enforcement taking place, not just the last three years. I mean, it was kind of spot even before that, but over the last three years, especially on the streetcars, there's times of the day when you can be watching the people come in and as many as 90% or more are not paying a fare. 
This is happening on the Spadina line, on the King line, on practically every streetcar line. It varies depending on the time of the day. And then you have people walking in from the street right into the subway stations. Uh, schools, when schools let out, you got high school students that are not 12 years old. They just walk into the streetcars. You have the school that's close to the streetcar line or the subway line. If you go to Bathurst and Bloor, they just walk right in. In the there's there's one spot that anybody can walk in, depending whether you got transfer or cash or whatever. They just walk right in, even though there's a TTC person there. They don't say a word to them, and there's nothing they could do anyway. And you never see any fair enforcement people standing where they should be. And even the last few years, when you do see TTC fair enforcement people, they're doing nothing. They're just standing there in uniform, talking to each other, playing on their phones. They're not investigating anything. And I'm one of the few people that ever speaks out. I talk to drivers about it. I talk to once in a while, I make a comment to the people that are evading their fares. You got people that tap, that have no money on their cards. They'll say, I'll pay when I get to the station, but they have no intention of paying. If you actually check their card, you'll see it was tapped hundreds of times with no fare. These are the things that need to be addressed before, not just before an increase in uh, the pay for in general, like the lower ridership they talk about. They, they, don't, they have no idea what the ridership is because of the massive fare uh, evasion. Yes, there's lo- lower riders for the people who work in offices and can work from home, but other people are going to work. Other people are going to school. There's times these buses are packed. After school, if you take an Ellesmere bus, East or Young, it can't even pick anybody up at the bus stops. There's so many people waiting at the bus stops, but they don't address that. Like I think they need to address the fare evasion. Everybody's on camera. There's cameras in the streetcars, in the buses, in the subways. If you roll these cameras, you'll see, you'll see what is actually taking place. And the TTC doesn't talk about it. The drivers, most of them don't want to say a word about it. And that, to me, the TTC is just being complicit in all this. And the media doesn't seem to do anything about it. Personally, I think they, they, there needs to be an investigation into this, an inquiry if you can. I call the TTC about it. They just ignore it. They just ignore it. And I think the mayor needs to go ride the streetcars, see what is going on, stand at a subway stop inside and see what happens at certain times of the day where people are not paying the fare and then come back and explain it to the public what is actually taking place and how the system is not bankrupt already. It's unbelievable. You can only go so far in asking the province for money, the federal government for money, on and on and on, but you got to do your part as well. Okay. I don't know what the answer is right now, but I wish the media would, would get on it. Don't just listen to what the mayor says. Address these issues. People people know what's going on. I wish bus drivers would call in anonymously and actually speak up a bit as, as to what's going on. Well, let's invite them to do just that, uh, uh, Tony, 416-360-0740 or 1-866-744-740. As Tony says, maybe an anonymous bus driver. Uh, streetcar operator, uh, you know, TTC employee, uh, maybe even a rider, another commuter would care to uh, weigh in and vote for what uh, Tony is saying, or maybe you disagree. Anyway, give us a call. Thanks, Tony. Much appreciated. Happy New Year. Let's go to Vic in Rexdale and talk about the Toronto police budget proposal. Hello. uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yes, I'd like to uh, make this comment now, uh, Mr. Kostic. What I want to say, it was on this uh, <clears throat> so-called show 
uh, about three years ago, and mm-hmm. something was supposed to be done about it. And what it came up about was that uh, why are police doing security work at construction jobs when they should be given the privilege to do overtime on police work, not sitting on a corner watching traffic go by as a hole a hole's being dug. That is the most stupidest thing I've ever seen. And that, I don't know what's wrong with that Tory guy. That he, How he sweeps this under the rug uh, is, is beyond me. Now, as I say, I'm, I'm making this comment on this show today, and uh, I wish that Libby Schneimer will uh, listen to this program today and uh, and take uh, and see what people are talking about. Okay. Vic. I, pr- I thank you and very much. You're welcome, Vic, in Rexdale. Appreciate that. Let's go to Pat in Toronto. Happy New Year, Pat. And uh, you've been... Uh, You've been waiting for a while here, so we'd like to hear from you. Go ahead, Pat. I'd like to pick up on two uh, points, uh, Bob. Um, the chap who suggested scams. Right. I think, you know, Zoomer could play a big role here because many of us are, you know, over age uh, 65, and we seem to be the ones that are preyed on more than others. And I think that would be a very useful uh, program to listen to. Yeah, that's and, been done. Just so that you know, and I'm I'm sure because well, you're you're one of be done again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, the scams aren't going away. You're right. Yeah, you're right. And one other point, Teresa really is making some good points. My suggestion, Teresa, run for council. We need people with brains like her at council. The problem is to, and I'm a former politician. Too few people are willing to spend the time uh, sitting at the council table. Uh, So, you know, we only have ourselves to um, um, blame for these issues. Okay. All right. Pat in Toronto, thanks so much. Uh, Let's welcome Cameron in Scarborough and wish Cameron a a happy new year. And he's excited about uh, what took place last evening on the East Coast. Hi, Bob. Yes, Cameron. Happy New Year. You're welcome. On a positive note, I would like to send special thanks and appreciation for the wonderful hockey fans on I mean, Moncton and Halifax who gave our juniors tremendous support and helping them achieve the gold medal. Yeah, that was... I am proud to be a Canadian, and I'd like to tell anybody, if you ever want to meet a great bunch of people, go down to the East Coast and enjoy yourselves. Thanks for taking my call, Bob. You're welcome. Most welcome. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. And uh, again, some of the things that we've touched on, some of the things maybe you'd care to touch on. Uh, the funeral this week for the slain OPP constable, Greg Prashala. Higher proposed police and TTC budgets, including that $0.10 cent, uh, fare hike that's being proposed uh, as of uh, as of yesterday, air travelers from China have to test negative for COVID before being allowed to arrive here. We've got the story of the high-priced poultry. Maybe you want to weigh in on that. Maybe you just want to weigh in on food prices and inflation in general. Uh, Teresa in Woodbridge was talking about uh, a personal situation which pertained to the government's housing plan, and the OPP is thinking about 
possibly investigating Doug Ford's plan to allow development in parts of the Greenbelt after, in 2018, making that election promise never would do it. And here we are. A couple of headlines south of the border. You've got the Buffalo Bills player, Damar Hamlin, who after going into cardiac arrest and resuscitated on the field just Monday night, now able to breathe on his own, able to talk four days later, even joining the team meeting virtually this morning, also south of the border. Still no uh, new speaker for the House of Representatives. Nancy Pelosi's successor still hasn't been chosen at last count. I think it's, what, 11 tries? Kevin McCarthy and struck out each of those times. And today is also the second anniversary of the attack on the U.S. Capitol. Let's go to John in Peterborough. Happy New Year, John. And to you, too. How are you doing? Well, yourself. I'm good. Um, I'm just uh, listening there, and I've, I often listen and don't call. I do call the odd time. Now, I think what people have to realize in Ontario and in Canada, that we need to change this electoral system to represent the majority of the people, and not this idiotic system that's not used by anyone other than ex-Brits, okay, and down the road. Most countries in the world have gone away from this system. You mean the first past the post, right? That's yes, it's yeah. ridiculous. It just makes no sense. It rarely if ever reflects the majority's wishes. Now, in the rest of the world, well, in the civilized and educated world, they have changed from these systems years ago. And they all use some sort of PR system where you always get the majority rule. Now, I hear the people here complaining about Ford, and I'm absolutely correct. He does not represent the majority of the people. Yet we hear this all the time. The majority, he has the majority seats. Yeah. Because of the idiotic system. Now, if you didn't have that system, and you had PR systems, I doubt whether he'd be elected. Now, he may, and he may not. But this is why young people particularly tell me, what's the point in voting? What's the point? My vote doesn't count. And they're right. Under this first-past-the-post system, as you probably know, anyone who did not vote for either number one or number two should have stayed home. Their vote never counted. And the biggest laugh of all this system is every political party in this country, when they pick their leader, when they pick their candidate, right? Mm -hmm. If they haven't, they use a system where they eliminate till they have one person. Now, if it's good enough for them, Bob, why is it not good enough for the people? Mm -hmm. And one last note. I've been in this country a long time. And I've noticed, we noticed that first thing we came here, couldn't believe it, how the people voted. But there are many, many people, way, way more, beginning to see this. So I would suggest to your listeners to go, if you have access to the Internet or your grandkids or whoever, and you will find groups that want change. And there's way more than when I came here, because Canadians have to realize you're not on a level par with most of them business, what have you, rich, at most times. But where you should be on par is with your vote. Thank you. You're welcome. 
Well said. Well said. Thank you, John in Peterborough. Bob Comsick sitting in for Libby Zneimer on Fight Back, Free for All Friday. And we will be going to Alda in Toronto and Jim in Toronto, and maybe even you right after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer, a free for all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Bob Comsick. And welcome back. And while we sweep up all that glass that's broken there, uh, let's go to Alda in Toronto. You want to weigh in on the TTC fair in uh, evasion. Go Hello? ahead. Yep, go ahead. Happy New yeah, Year, Alda. Hi, how are you? Um, yeah, I, I agree with the caller about the TTC um Fair invasions. I use the subway and I use the streetcar, the St. Clair streetcar, and it's terrible. People just walk in. If they don't see a, 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 a policeman there, a, a fair enforcement uh, person, officer. Yeah, yeah, enforcement officer. If they don't see one there, they won't pay. They don't pay. And it just disgusts me that they do this. And it doesn't matter. And these teenagers that get on that are high school kids at Oakwood and St. Clair, where there's a high school there, right. they just get on and they just laugh and they don't care. And another thing about the TTC drivers, uh, my son-in-law is a TTC driver, and he says that they tell him at the TTC not to not to um, question these people that get on with uh, with uh, with cards that are don't have any money on it, and some of them just walk in because they know this, and I feel bad for them, you know. And this mayor that we have doesn't understand doesn't understand about this. You know, he's going to raise the fares, and it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse with these people. Tr- getting onto the streetcars and to the subways, you know, without paying. Um, he, it's the honest, and, and it's the thing, honest, and, if I could just jump in there, Alda, I guess it's the honest ones such as yourself who are going to uh, put the money toward, uh, toward the budget. Because as you say, there are so many uh, evaders out there. And uh, after the TTC decided to go with an honor system, as far as fares go, I mean, there you go, right? I mean, uh, as was pointed out, it uh, it you could almost say the TTC is complicit in any fares that aren't being paid because they're the ones who brought in the system. Yeah, I was on the streetcar one time and I got off at St. Clair West. I saw five in fair fair enforcement officers all standing there drinking coffee, talking, and not one checked the fares, not one. It's, it just, it just, I don't know. They need to investigate this. They need to investigate it. And, uh, these, and, and on the subway, it's terrible. It is terrible. They're calling the Toronto subway, uh, homeless shelter. They have all these home, and I feel so, so sorry for them. He needs to do something about these homeless people. I, I just, they call it, yeah, it, that the line one is, uh, a homeless shelter. That's all you find. And there, and how many, I just got off the subway, got off at Wilson. There was no service between 
uh, College and St. George uh, because somebody was on the tracks. It's these homeless people that go into the tunnels to find protection there, to find somewhere to go sleep. And that's what I have to say. This mayor needs to, he needs to know know what's going on in the city because he does not know anything what's going on in this city. It It just frustrates me that he doesn't do anything about it. Alda, next time, either Libby, Jane, or myself, if we, uh, when the occasion calls for John Tory to be on, uh, let's make note of that and uh, see if uh, it can be brought up. And people such as yourselves, uh, if he's entertaining calls, to call up and uh, take it uh, directly to him. Thanks for your time, Alda. Let's go to Jim in Toronto. Happy New Year, Jim. Hey, same to you, Bob. I, I just wanted to say, first of all, as always, you got a classic voice for radio. I love your voice on radio. Well, thank classic. you. Classic. But anyways, uh, I just wanted to say I'm glad I agree with the other callers about uh, Doug Ford. Like, I hope people realize this guy is not good for the common man. He's not good for Ontario. He's not good for Etobicoke. He thinks he owns Ontario. He thinks he, uh, his playground is Etobicoke. I'd like to banish him to the prairie somewhere so he can't do any harm. But uh, his, his footprint on a legacy, uh, all he cares about is developers. You can't have businessmen. It's like Trump. You can't have businessmen in, in politics, okay? And, his, and the stuff he's doing is not – he's ruined North Etobicoke. He's, uh, and all he cares about is developers. And I just agree with the other calls, and I just wanted to vent out so people realize – I'm glad Canadians realize that just because you know a guy's name doesn't mean you vote for him. And he's not good for this province. And that's all I want to say. His, his body type is like his eagle. Bloated. So thanks for letting me vent. Okay. Jim in Toronto. And let's go to Ron and Guelph uh, along the lines of uh, provincial politics. Welcome, Ron. Thanks, Bob. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Oh, okay. So the one lady in a little bit of a, a rant there talking about her own situation in Vaughan. How about uh, this one? The um, first of all, um, Doug Ford and um, Clark there to keep talking about. Well, we're going to build all these houses, all these houses and everything else. But you and I both know none of these houses are probably going to sell for less than what seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. How is that going to help middle income earners and homeless people? It's not. It's going to help the developers, but uh, most people aren't going to be able to afford one of these brand new homes, are they? On the surface, it doesn't sound. Uh, it doesn't sound like it. No, I mean it's. It, they make uh, such a big case out of it. The Toronto Star is now trying to encourage an investigation. Well, the OPP, into- yeah, they're reporting others as well as we are on Zoomer Radio. OPP looking into the possibility yeah. of launching an investigation into the plan to allow development in parts of the Green Belt. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, for logic, I mean as. Now, I, I would hope that most people can see through this thing that uh, this is not going to help the average guy out there um, help. I mean, um, single-family homes taking up this much space. Uh, the days, I guess, I mean, that's 40, 50, 60 years ago when uh, the dream of everybody was own a single-family home. We don't have the room for that. We need more of these maybe four- and five-story uh, apartment complexes and uh, condos or whatnot. Um, that people can't afford. Okay. Ron and Guelph, thank you. Let's go to Sally in Etobicoke. You wish to uh, respond to a caller 
Uh, if he was still on, it would have been an interesting conversation. But we've got you now in terms of uh, your feelings about Doug Ford. No, we don't. Okay. we. It looked like we had uh, Sally in Etobicoke. And if you are listening still, Sally, and still interested in coming to Doug's uh, defense, 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. Maybe want to talk about uh, Doug Ford. Maybe want to talk about uh, this possible investigation into the government's plans for Development in parts of the Greenbelt, TTC, a proposed TTC budget, proposed uh, police budget, uh, no air travelers from China unless they test uh, negative for uh, for COVID, no Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives yet striking out on 11 rounds of voting. You've got the second anniversary of the U.S. Capitol. You've got the uh, Russian-ordered ceasefire over in Ukraine with uh, Orthodox uh, Christmas this uh, weekend, as well as some uh, Christians over in Ukraine and around the world who also uh, celebrate today and uh, Christmas on January the 7th. Whatever it is uh, you'd care to uh, touch on, give us a call, and uh, we're more than happy to discuss some of those. All of those in the time we have left, or maybe there's something else that has not been brought up and you're saying, Bob, no, let's go there. Let's touch on this. So let's see if uh, if we can possibly give you a soap ba- a soapbox to stand on and to uh, be at vent or to make out a point for uh, a thoughtful discussion here before we wrap things up uh, in a few mi- minutes here on Free For All Friday on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Uh, with Libby Snymer, yours truly, Bob Comsick, sitting in uh, today. So we've got, do we have Sally in Etobicoke now? Yes, we do. Sally, thank you for calling back, and it's your turn. Uh, hi, Bob. I just want to follow up on the previous caller regarding Doug Ford. Yes, he is a businessman, and he's not a politician. But on the token of all this screaming about building on uh, Greenland, uh, Greenbelt land. Just think of it. Everyone here, including my condos, are built on apple orchards. Population is growing. Immigration is expected to grow by over half a million. Where are you going to put these people in? Something has to give. And all the people that are screaming, they should look at where their houses are built on. Hospitals, schools are built on farmland as well. So no one should be screaming other than our native people because that's exactly what they were doing with white men coming on to this country and taking over their land. So just think, put things in perspective and common sense. We do not want to lose Greenland. I'm a nature person. I love outdoors. But we can't have this foolishness as well. We have to have some sensibility. And Doug Ford maybe not have control over every aspect of his development. So he trusts his people to tell him the truth. But as you know, people don't tell you the truth, no matter even if they're your own friends. And that's where I like to leave this at. Okay. Sally in Etobicoke. Uh, well said. Jay in Toronto. Happy New Year. Welcome. Hi, how are you? Thanks for giving me my call. You're what welcome. What I to talk about. What I talk about is the new subway, the Aglinet subway. And what I like to talk about is there's so many pockets 
empty pockets or got small buildings, like Mom Dennis, you want to put the people where the subway is now because the traffic is terrible. You know, think of this. They're making millions and millions of cars every year. And where are you going to put these cars? Where are you going to put them? The 401, the 400 is like a parking lot in rush hour. So you're building this subway. Make sure you build the houses, the condos, whatever you're going to build it. Put it where the subway is. You don't have to build new schools. You don't have to build. Put the, put the people close to the subway. That's the way it's in Europe. Okay. They're putting, you know, in King, you have to build a house. You need a two-acre lot. This is a waste of time, waste of land. Let's be reasonable here. Let's be realistic. We're talking about building houses. Yes, building them in the city, building where you don't have to drive anymore. That's my comment. Okay, Jay, let's go to uh, Ruth in Toronto, who just missed uh, Sally in Etobicoke uh, talking about uh, Doug Ford and and the housing and uh, the government's plan. Ruth, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate this uh, program so much, I can't begin to tell you. Go ahead, Ruth. First, I want to rebuke the comment um, uh, of this lady who's obviously a Ford... uh, agent, as they say. I am very upset over the fact that in 2015, 2018, what was referred to as a cash grab and the developer's boon, uh, there's lots of land all over Ontario, there's lots of land all over Canada that can and is vacant, that's not being of use, that can be built on. This lady doesn't address that issue, that there is land to be built on. And this gentleman, I give him credit. I've thought about this for a long time. I was brought up in a six uh, apartment building downtown uh, when my parents came from Europe and like a uh, six the Holocaust. And so I know that there are ways of having a refor- an affordable, an affordable built apartment as opposed to these $1 million homes and areas in which are empty, even around where I live, that have never been built on at all. They've been open for about 40 years. And so there's no excuse for Mr. Ford, none whatsoever. And I call him Mr. With, I'm not going to say what. Nevertheless, I apologize. I am venting. I'm very upset with him. I'm not a conservative, obviously. But even if I were, I would be ashamed today. Okay, Ruth, appreciate that. Thanks so much. Let's quickly go to Robert in Toronto. You're going to be our last caller, and I'm not saying that the credits are starting to roll, but you kind of get my drift. You have a, a little bit of time here quickly. Hi, Bob. Bob. Yep. Hi there. Go ahead, Robert. Yeah, about affordable housing. I live in the Runway Village area, and a developer came in, bought a chunk of land, uh, Runway Road area, puts up a 10 story or 8 story building. And it's a rental, not a condo, it's a rental. Well, it, it's finished. It was finished in the summer. So I'll go online and look at it. And this is a rental. And we're talking about affordable housing. Three bedrooms are 4800 a month. Whoa. And the twos are about 34 and the ones are about just pushing three. And this is a developer just a rent. <laughs> I got to get you guys. And you'll never own anything. And... How much money do you have to make to afford four thousand? 
And you know, Robert, I think we're going to have to leave it there. And maybe that's uh, we'll leave it as rhetorical for now, your question. And maybe we can pick it up with some some answers in the near future here on Zuma Radio's Fight Back. You've been listening to Free For All Friday with myself, Bob Comsick, in for Libby Snymer. And Jane Brown will be in this chair on Monday. On Monday. Have a great weekend. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zuma Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.